This weekend, in our backyard of Houston, Texas, UFC 247 sees John Bones Jones versus Dominic the Devastator Reyes in a fight for the undisputed UFC light heavyweight title. We're just a little bit excited. Let's get into it. This is UFC 111. No, this is not UFC 111. This is Combat Sports Talk 111. Here we go. Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. My name is Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Keys. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Another beautiful night. All right, and the double champ and coach to the stars, George G. Money Stallworth. What's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Man, I can't get the intros right. That's what's going on. Like, this is UFC 111. No, it's Combat Sports Talk 111. <laughs> like, I got to work on that, man. I, I It bothers me that I can't get the, get the intro right. This is a new thing. I'm not in my, you know, I don't have the, I don't have it smooth like the intro, like, uh, welcome to Combat Sports Talk. I don't have that part yet like that. So, you know. Dude, you gotta, this is all about growth. You got Two, three, four, five, ten years down the line, you're gonna look back, you're gonna hear these, you're gonna be like, man, I've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you should go back to uh, the original combat. Well, not the original because those don't exist anymore. Um, you should go back to Combat Sports Talk number one on the on the website and watch my very first time doing the show. I literally everything was scripted, and I'm reading it from the from the paper, like. Welcome to Combat Sports Talk. It was it was a thirteen minute show. I did the entire thing in thirteen minutes. So yeah, I was gonna say, as long as you probably did the intro, we could have done the buffers that factor on that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Combat Sports Talk. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. The show has come a long way. I mean, let's let's think about it like this. This is a video show now. We the very first podcast was you know only audio, and now we're here video live streaming out to you know all the people out there, and and this is this is another step to that growth. That someday you know who knows, we you know the show may be become a big thing. I've been getting some questions about that. So how, how many followers do we have right now? What, what are you looking like? <laughs> So our face, our, our Facebook page, we have uh, almost ten thousand followers, um, and then ah. we've got su we've got subscriptions. Um, you know, people who subscribe on various platforms. It's very difficult to count because there's not a real good number. Um, but you know, our our Facebook following is pretty strong. So you know, people come out, they they watch us, they support us. They're starting to come out as we go to do these live shows, like we're going to do this weekend at the Lion and the Crown. Going to do that again. Um, so speak about it, man. Speak about it for a few minutes. So we're, we're you know we're last last month we went to the Lion and the Crown in Allen, Texas, to do UFC 246, McGregor versus uh, Cowboy, and. We promoted. We 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 told people we we're going to be there, and and you know, a huge crowd showed up. So we're going to come yeah. back. We're going to do Lion in the Crown again. They're so kind to have us one more time, and so we're going to see if we can't bring another big crowd, and we're going to do the live show um, one more time and see what happens. So super excited about that, and uh, that's this Saturday, February eighth, at Lion in the Crown in Allen, Texas. 
That's right. Come by. Swing by. Say hello. You might get talked. We might talk to you. Yeah. You know? Might put you on. Well, we're gonna talk to you. I mean, it's just like we may we may interview you. See what's going on. Well, the big thing is is that everybody's going to be coming out because they want to see what's happening down in Houston, and that is UFC 247. That is our headliner for this episode. Let's get it. This is the headliner. This is where we talk about the things that are top of mind of everybody in the MMA world. And this week, we are talking about UFC 247, the main event, John Bones Jones versus Dominic Reyes. And so this is one of those fights where um, you've got someone like John Jones, who is established, who is considered one of the most dominant fighters in the world at light heavyweight and possibly even more depending on if he ever decided to go up to heavyweight versus a 12 and 0 Dominic Reyes who's coming up this is a guy who uh was born in Hesperia California uh went played college football didn't make it to the pros decided to go MMA and now he's 12 and 0 working as an IT guy in his in his spare time and 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 training with a shot to win the uh the light heavyweight championship so this is kind of that rags to riches this 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 story where you've got this you know veritable newcomer on the scene fighting the champion who is who is considered you know one of the greatest in the world i this is a great story or has the potential to be a great story. And it's not too different from John Jones's story when he came up through the ranks to actually challenge one of the greatest uh, light heavyweights of all time, Shogun Hua. What do you guys think about the parallel between the two stories? What do you think, George? No real parallel. Wow. I, I really don't see Dominic as a, as a threat to John at all. We're, we're about to just watch punk and circumstance. This is somebody being led to the slaughter. I feel like I, I don't, I don't see Dominic is having the tools to, to really do anything to John, but we can always be caught off guard. I mean, I honestly didn't see Tiago Santos giving John Jones the problems he gave him last, last fight, but we know John traditionally after he's, he's um, had a bad fight. He comes back in devastating fashion. All right. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, John? Well, um, thank you for remembering my name. Um, I think that one thing that I do believe that um, Dominic will present a challenge for John Jones. One thing that uh, people tend to forget is that th- that every fighter is a mystery, and slowly but surely we are solving John Jones's puzzle. Okay, it, will Dominic Reyes be the one to actually get solves the puzzle? I don't know. I, I, I like to say it's going to be a long, drawn-out fight, but, you know, he you know I hate to give it to John Jones because, you know, for his personal issues, taking that away, he's a dominant fighter, mo- probably the most feared fighter on the planet. He's going to do it. He's going to take him, and it's going to be a long, drawn-out fight. Okay, well, let, let you know, before we go so far as to make picks, because, you know, I, I'm starting to get a sense of where you guys are on this whole thing. I'm just looking at the fact that when you start looking at the story side by side, you've got a guy who was a veritable, you know, no-name uh, as, as, as Dominic Reyes, who's walking up through the, the ranks, made it up to, um, you know, to this fight with wins over some notable people like Jared Cannonier. 
you know, Chris Weidman, Vulcan Ozdemir, Ovin St. Preux. Some of these are the similar fighters that John Jones has faced. You know, when you start thinking about the way John Jones came up through, he fought was fighting people like Matt Hamill and Ryan Bader very early in their careers, and he was winning those fights. And eventually, he ended up getting that fight against Shogun Hua, who was, you know, he was still considered a very dangerous fighter, but at the time was still very much in his prime. He got that fight because Rashad Evans, his, you know, his uh, colleague at, 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 and, and mentor, got hurt. It was supposed to be Rashad Evans's fight, but Rashad Evans got hurt. So John Jones steps into this fight as a replacement and wins the title. And the rest is history. This is something that I think that while, you know, we can discuss whether or not the skill levels are the same, which I, I think that we can all agree that they're not. But when it just comes from the story of being this fighter that no one knows, this fighter that um, has made his way up the ranks and is now fighting a challenge that is questionable whether or not he can achieve, I think the two stories are very similar. Uh, no. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say too similar. Um, you're you're, you're looking at Jones. Uh, Jones' family are uh, what? Two of his brothers are football players already. He was actually wasn't he supposed to be poised to go play football as well and chose to go the fighter route, if I'm if I'm mistaken. So he has some recognition. Dominic Reyes came from. If you ever look at Google Earth and actually look up Hesperia, it is a dirt town. You would think you're looking at. Uh, at the desert, literally. I mean, their their hometown mascot is the Scorpions. All right, he he and his brother uh, Danny were the, were two of the best prospects to come out of Hesperia. Danny is now a wrestling coach at the high school, and you know, and here's Dominic. He's doing his thing, and he's getting ready to fight for town. I think that Dominic has a much much better story, uh, and starting from the beginning. Than John Jones did. Okay, John Jones, he he was, you know, once you saw that he come from a famous family, it was pretty much, you know, we know what he can bring to the table. Okay, well, so with this, I mean, and and generally the the, the community has the same type of notion that this is really kind of lambs to slaughter. So how do you promote a fight if people are considering you a lamb that's being led to slaughter? And 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 you want people to believe that you actually have more than a puncher's chance. So Dominic Reyes has started to kind of try to talk smack, trying to justify his ability to win this fight, to differentiate himself from the competition that John Jones has already faced. And so he has said that um, John Jones has never fought anyone with his sports IQ. The uh, Dominic Reyes says that he's fought wrestlers, that he's fought strikers, but never athletes. And so what, what Dominic Reyes is basically saying is, is that I'm an athlete. The wrestlers you fought, the, the, the strikers you fought don't compare to what he, you know, what I bring as Dominic Reyes into the ring. And so, George, I see you, I see you smacking your lips. Uh, you, you're, not, you're not convinced. <laughs> Basically, Dominic has just said that none of the, the UFC roster are athletes, in, in my opinion. He just defecated all over the UFC roster, calling them non-athletes because they didn't come from a football background, basically. Mm. Um, you know what? Open safe proof. Hold my beer. 
Um, there's so many different athletes in the UFC that came from other sport backgrounds. Hey, Greg Hardy. I mean, right out the gate, we got one more famous than who was Dominic Reyes again? Where did he come from? Hysperia? Like you said, isn't it a desert town? This this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's jawjacking, and he's a lamb being led to the slaughter. And his okay. 12 and 0, I, I even want to attack his record because when I look at this now, I see Jared Cannonier. Jared Jared Cannonier is a 185er. Yeah, I see Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman was a 185er. Uh, Volkan Ustamir, okay, decent win. And then over in St. Prue. Very yeah, decent win. I think a very decent win. Very decent win, but I, I don't remember the fight very well, but I, I, I think I had o, OSP pegged to win that fight. But, okay. It's it's not like Dominic Reyes has the, these outstanding um, victories on his resume. It, it really isn't. You you beat you beat Chris Wyman in his debut at two oh five. What? I mean, shouldn't wasn't that supposed to happen? Jared Cannonier. That that's the one that I, I would be most most concerned about because I see Jared at one eighty five and he's a beast. But I remember Jared Cannonier even fought at heavyweight and two oh five, if I'm not mistaken. And he didn't fare so well there. So, you know, I'm checking in my head, I'm thinking about that win. I didn't get to see it, but I think you saw it for a minute. Yeah, I I, I, I saw it. And, and, and so Jared Cannonier is clearly a 185-er who was fighting up to 205. And so whenever, whenever that happens, you give up certain things, like you give up weight and you give up height. And so you could see that Dominic Reyes at 205 is much is, was a much bigger man than, than Jared Cannonier. But throughout the first round, Jared Cannonier is getting the better of the exchanges, and he is winning that fight until Dominic Reyes, as he's moving, back throws an uppercut catches Jared Cannonier and it rocks him the and and basically Reyes is able to finish that fight so you know that's a great win for a fighter that's making his way up the ladder it's not a great win when you're facing John Jones because what you're giving up against John Jones is you're basically fighting a guy at 205 that has heavyweight stats. So John, even though they're both uh, six foot four, John Jones has a seven inch reach advantage over him. Think about that. That is that that is insane, and that's what John Jones. That's what makes John Jones such a, a, a challenging uh, puzzle for people to solve. To use to use your words, John is is. The fact that you've got a guy who's, you know, lanky. I mean, he's lanky just lanky, but he can, he has a lot of power and a lot of reach, and he can do a lot of things with with his skills. And so John Jones responds to Dominic Reyes, and he says, um, "He's fought wrestlers and he fought strikers and never athletes. Probably the dumbest thing I've heard in a while." That he says. Uh, Daniel Cormier competed in the NCAA Finals and in the Olympics. Ovin St. Prue played Division I football. Ryan Bader is the current double champ of, of Bellator. Vitor Belfort is crazy speed and explosive. Lyoto Machida has been striking since age five. And Glover Teixeira was on a 20-fight win streak. These are the people that John Jones walked through. When you start to look at... You, you go down into the details between what Dominic Reyes is bringing and what John Jones is bringing, that even when you look at the the head-to-head the, the -head matchups that they both faced, John Jones walked through these people with ease. Dominic Reyes had to fight. Not saying that Dominic can't win, 
It's just one of those things where it is clear when you see what John Jones was able to do in his time as he worked up the ladder, they were first-round finishes. These fights weren't even con contests. Dominic Reyes is in battles that he's winning. And when you have this discrepancy between um, these, these two fighters, it just isn't the type of fight that you want to begin to talk a lot of smack on. And that's what J Dominic Reyes is doing, and I think it's going to end up bad for him. Basically, the last thing that John Jones said is, Dominic Reyes, one of the greatest athletes in Apple Valley history, that's taking a shot at him at the, at the size of the, the place where he's coming from. Being a big fish in a small pond for so long has really gone to his head. Beating up on cans has got him convinced he's a better athlete than most of the world. If he's so awesome, he would have won the California State Wrestling Championships. He would have went Division One. He would have made at least a practice squad for the NFL. This man is delusional. And I think that that's a fair statement. If you are that great of an athlete that you can put yourself next to the uh, Ryan Baders and the uh, uh, Daniel Cormier's and the Vitor Belfort's, then your, then your career in other sports, would have been more stellar. I think that's now a fair see, statement. Now, see, and that's how exactly how I feel, felt when people talked about Chris Weidman. Is that when Chris Weidman went up against uh, Anderson Silva, I was in that same mindset that, like, who is this cat thinking that he's going to take on the spider and get away with it? And we saw how that happened. We saw, what, we saw the end result. I'm not saying that, you know, that what I, I want to take play devil's advocate for like 30 seconds and say that Dominic Reyes was pretty much trying to sit there and say that I have a better fight IQ because I'm because he played defensive. He played defensive tackle. He sees defensive back. That, defensive back. Excuse me. Thank you. And he was saying that, you know, he has a reaction. He has to react very quick or the or the or, you know, that his opponent is going to be on top of him. And he, he says that he thinks he, he, he believes that he has the edge in that amongst many other things that he, that he met, that he, that he's, that he's, you know, talked about. I think he's trying to say ultimately is that he's, he's done more sports than possibly the average fighter. And he thinks that all those sports that he, that he has done has made him a, a more well-rounded athlete to take on and he doesn't think that that john jones has faced a fighter of that type of caliber yet well not we, saying it's true but yeah all we got to say is this there there's only a few days before we're going to actually see what happens you know and and so you know they they've said their words they can say a few more words they're going to face off a couple of times but eventually it's they've got to step in the in in the cage and to quote the, the great Her Hermit Edwards, that is why we play the game to win. So, you know, we don't, it, it, you know, MMA, MMA math is fuzzy. Just because you beat someone and someone else beat you doesn't mean that that other per that you can beat that person, right? Like MMA math is fuzzy; it doesn't exist. You got to get in the ring and show what you can do. So Dominic Reyes, if you've got this fight IQ, if you're the greatest athlete that that's ever stepped uh, into the ring against John Jones, you are going to get an opportunity to say it. But if you say it, you better show it because if you lose and you lose in devastating fashion, like many others have. You're going to have to atone for that. You're going to have to say, hey, he's the greatest. Uh, and I, I would not have to say that. Especially after these comments, John Jones is sitting at home right now.
picking apart what he's going to do to this man. He yes. is game planning. Him and Winkle John are sitting in the office right now going over film footage and be like, oh, this is going to work. This is going to work. Scratch this. Take this out the game plan. This will work. Trust oh. me, that meeting is taking place. All it's right. taking place. It's taking place. Let's see here. It's uh, well, how long they've been training? Three months. So what? Forty, uh, thirty. Uh, I would say six seventy-nine of the ninety days that he's been training, ha- that's been going on. So I, I mean, think it's even more amped up now, based upon these these latest statements with Dominic. Honestly, I, I feel like he's trying to hype the fight, and he he realizes this is a pay-per-view event. This is an opportunity for him to cash in some, somewhat, so to speak. And probably his manager or someone in you know in in his inner circle has communicated to him like, dude, you're 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 blowing a, an opportunity for you to really hack yourself right here. Maybe you should talk some more. Yeah. Well, all I can say is that you know we all know that John Jones is not exactly the uh, nicest person, and <laughs> I I do believe that he may have brought out. He may end up bringing out the worst part of Don, of John Jones if there is any more worst part of him that I see already. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this isn't the only thing that people are talking about in the MMA world. Let's get into the headline. The fi- man. Let's get into uh, finding the, the angles. This is Finding the Angles. This is where we talk about the other headlines that people are talking about that are making waves in the MMA world. The The first thing that we're going to talk about is another fighter who likes to talk smack and maybe barking up the wrong tree this time. So, Joanna Young Jacek, who you know, you guys know, I'm a huge fan of Joanna Young Jacek, but she's been known to talk a little bit of smack. She's crossed the line a couple of times, you know, back when she was fighting Rose thug, no hair, Nama Yunus, uh, you know, she really went in on Rose's, um, history of mental, uh, illness, uh, you know, which, which I consider to be across the line. Well, Luana Jacek does it again. This time she shared a meme, uh, that someone made of the fight poster between her and Wei Li Zhang. Um, but Joanna Jacek is wearing basically a gas mask, kind of making fun of the coronavirus that's really plaguing uh, the nation of China. And so um, Weili Zhang didn't think that was so funny. I'm trying hard not to call it the T-virus. I really am. I really, uh, you know. <laughs> okay, so no. Alright, it's not the worst meme because there's another meme floating out there that has JJ in a full hazmat suit, so we're gonna leave that alone. Alright. Back poor, poor form on JJ's part. You know, don't you know, no women, no kids, you know, because we don't know exactly how this is affecting Zhang. Okay, we don't know who's been affected in Zhang's family. So it, it's 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 pretty that was pretty poor form on her part. So you get what you pay for, JJ. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I think it's performance. Well, I mean, the, the big thing is, is that I, I am all for trash talk. You can go back to, to multiple episodes of me saying how much I think trash talk is part of this game. But I do think that there's a line. And when you have something that's dangerous, when you have something that's that, that's that's affecting people's lives like coronavirus, um, 
you you probably want to draw that line there and say, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to touch that because people are dying that I'm not going to make fun of that because it's it's a, it's a worldwide seen as a worldwide emergency. And and so, um, yeah, you, you you stick to the person you're fighting. You can talk as much smack about them as you want. You can talk about their record. You can talk about what they've done in the cage, who they've lost to all those kinds of things. You got to draw a line somewhere, and I I feel like Yoanni and Jacek crossed that line. But I feel, George, I feel like you you disagree. <laughs> you could be Wait, warming up. Yeah, I'm warming up. Let me parch my throat again. Um, <laughs> weren't we just clowning about the coronavirus last week? Yes, we were. We okay. were clowning. So, I mean, we're being some hypocrites right here, fellas. No, no, oh no, we're not. Well, y'all were clowning about it. I mean, let the record show y'all were clowning about it. I was talking about it could affect Whaley Zhang's visa into the United States. That's what we were talking about. Okay, let let George go, and I'll, and I'll tell you why I, I I did what I did. But go ahead, George. Go ahead, George. All right. Besides that, if it's gonna hype up Zhang to fight even better, I want to see that. Please talk some more. Please talk some more trash. Have y'all seen videos of Willie Zane training? Yes. Oh my God, this woman is a beast. She 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 throws. Somebody keep continuing to talk noise to her, and whoever your translator is, get him to hype it up even more. But as far as uh, JJ and how I feel about her doing this, you know what you get when you when you call a boogie woman to a fight. You know she's gonna trash talk. Come on, man. Come it's on. True. This is the boogie woman we're talking about. I, and honestly, okay, I get it. It's not the greatest of taste. And many people can be offended by it and, and that kind of thing. But we're talking about fighting. We're talking about fighters. We're not talking about politicians here. We're not talking about people who have a vested interest in, in, in I guess, the upliftment of their communities and things like this. We're talking about two fighters prepping for a fight, taking shots at each other. And unfortunately, not even unfortunately, fighters do this. This this type of warfare, media warfare now, where they're taking memes and, and posting things. Hell, Izzy Adesanya is great at it, man. Have you seen some of the things he's done, uh, you know, versus some of the fighters he's fought? Come on, man. We can't be yeah. getting mad at KJ for this. this. This is part of the fight game now. This, this is the evolution of the fight game. I'm going to say it like this, okay? I, I know what I said last week, and I have to stand by it because I said it. So with that said, I'm also a firm believer of the First Amendment in this, as we have this in this country, is that we, whatever we say, we have a moral responsibility for what happens next. So if JJ or, or Zhang show up on my, on my doorstep or at my job and they kick me in the head, then it is what it is. Just please, Ryan, pick me up, put me in a wheelchair, Mm-mm. wheel me down to the bailer that's not too far away. No, that's no, 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 no. You're not going to get that from me. I'm going to run up. I'm going to run up like like Smokey on Friday going, you got knocked up out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to have my camera up going, world star. <laughs> and, and, and the only thing I can say is that I, I deserve just about every bit I get because I do. Hey, I, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna talk that junk, be prepared to back it up. Okay, be careful what you say and how you say, because it, it will come back to you. And I saw some training videos where Whaley can throw some six and sevens and eight point combos for you. That's not gonna be pretty. Okay, she got the, she got punches. 
Yeah, she got combos and bouquets. Okay, that's not going to be pretty. All right, <laughs> and it's right around the corner from from Valentine's Day. I'm pretty sure she's going to light it up for you. All right. We're also talking about the Boogie Woman, and like this is an opportunity for her to get her belt back, man. She she is going to be coming in this hard trying to get that oh, belt. No. Back. Yeah. Oh no. I, no. Yeah, I, I mean, she's gonna come, but I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, well, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm right or die for, for Joanna. She disappointed me in, 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 in what she did and what she shared. You know, she even tried to apologize, but it was kind of a backhanded apology. I, 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 I just don't think that it was in, in good taste. But I'm a ride or die for Joanna and Jaychik. We'll see what happens. I think she's gonna get destroyed, but I, you know, I, that's, that's, that's my, that's my girl. If she wins. I'm gonna say I called it because I'm gonna call it. Um, if she dies, she dies. If she dies, <laughs> she dies. Um, UFC adds uh, adds deletes and readds a new division in wake of the Raleigh uh, MMA event. This new division they added is not really a new division. It's it's a a women's pound for pound list, and so um, I really think that that's that's a good thing. Um, I had been calling for it because I didn't think that it was right that the that the, you were listing women on the men's pound for pound. Like, how do you even compare, uh, the, you know, what Amanda Nunes is doing against her competition versus someone like John Jones or Izzy Adesanya? Like, I felt like they should have separated the, the two lists. But the problem in doing so is that your women's your your women's MMA is such a shallow talent pool right now that the pound for pound fight I mean it doesn't really mean anything because you don't have enough talent to really stack rank them and the fact is is that it's only a UFC pound for pound it's not a kind of a world pound for pound when you're looking at the men's divisions like the men you can pretty much say that ufc has the top talent in the world in the men's divisions but you can't say that uh, necessarily with the women's yes you've got amanda nunez but as last time i checked chris cyborg has won four championships in four different uh promotions she's not anywhere on this list of course not she's the she's the she's the black eye of the ufc you know, so they're never gonna promote her. So yeah, I mean they're they're not, and she's not in the UFC. So you've got this pound for pound list. Well, I just think that they that it's very difficult to say. Okay, we're gonna take our three divisions that we have: the the straw weight, the flyweight, and then the bantam weight, because featherweight doesn't really amount to much in the UFC. And we're gonna just mash them all together. And you've got people like like uh, Amanda Nunes who has two belts. You know, you've got people like uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko. She's been fighting up and down the uh, the, the weight classes in both, you know, uh, 125 and 135. So it's like the list doesn't really mean anything. Like, I don't know that we need it, but we don't need it. It won't mean anything until we honestly get a compiled list of all the fight, all the fighters from the promotions, the top fighters in the promotions and put it all together. Both men and women. It really doesn't mean anything. Yes, we may. The UFC does have elite fighters. Yes, the UFC does have top talent in the world. But there are many, for there are many uh, there are many other fighters out there that deserve to be on that list as well. You know, there's a certain Mighty Mouse that's in one FC right now that is still dominating 
just as and now he's dominating even more so because he's got fi- more fighters that are in his weight class that he that that is just is is just watch his fights just watch his fight in one FC and you'll understand but we need fighters from around the world to do it to to, to be included in this list not just the UFC so so do our how how do you do that I, I feel like you, you eventually what you you're going to need is a third party. Um, you know, type of a management or, 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 or governing body for MMA. You know, it's, it's, it's so regionalized with each state having their own uh, athletic commission that you almost need an MMA um, body that governs across all of the promotions. And that way, now you can have these cross-promotion cross fights because at the end of the day, um, when you start looking at like people like Raymond Daniels and, and Michael Venom Page, how do they match up against the best in the well in the welterweight division? At um, how do they match up against the best in the welterweight division in uh, the UFC? Uh, you just don't know, and we never will see because there's there's no incentive for the UFC to play with the other with the other promotions. So it's just it's a, it's a really tough. Uh, it's a really tough situation. So when you start building these pound for pound lists, yes, the UFC it should be heavily UFC, uh, but it should not be solely UFC. And when you start looking at the women's fighters, it, it's such a shallow. You need Invicta, you need Bellator to be on that list as well, just to give it some legitimacy. Make it honest. Uh, just be honest and just put out there who is the best fighter out there. I mean, that's all you have to do. If anything, that that might encourage fighters to push themselves even more, even though you're in the UFC, but, you know, you're below Michael Venom Page. Okay, you got to be the best of Michael Venom Page. But then again, that would mean we would have to have a, legit, a legitimate ranking system that, you know, that, uh, that avoids the super fights that actually, you know, promotes the champions, things of that nature before that happens. And there's a lot of, I, I do believe there's a lot of things that would have to happen before we could actually get a true pound-for-pound pound system. Well, one of the fighters who's really looking to be, uh, to elevate himself on the pound-for-pound pound list is a fighter by the name of Kamaru Usman. And, mm-hmm. and you know, he was in a massive fight back in December against Colby Chaos Covington. And so on a recent episode of the Joe Rogan podcast, Kamaru Usman said something that I think is worth, is worth talking about, is that he's never asked whether or not he won a round in his career. And I don't think that he's ever lost a round before the uh, Colby Covington fight. And so uh, he asked his coaches if he had won the round. And it was the first opponent, Colby Covington was, that put doubt in his mind as to whether or not he actually won a uh, won the round. So what do you guys think about that? George? No real thoughts on it, man. I mean, Kamaru is that, that caliber of athlete where I'm sure he never, he just never found himself in that position, and that was the first time. And you know, it it it, it left a, I guess a, a mark or a stain on his brain or whatever you want to call it. It was an impression upon him, like man, I really had to, you know, to ask that question. I really don't know. Outside of that, I don't have many thoughts on it in, in that sense. Um, I'm more interested in what he's going to be doing next. I agree. Um, it just showed the intensity of the fight. I mean, 
you've, you've never had a caliber athlete like Kobe uh, Covington until that point. And therefore, you're going to he, – he actually put it to him. Once again, I, I hate to give this man credit, but – Kobe Covington, he he was a different type of athlete. Okay, at that time, at you know, until he got his jaw broke. I mean, you know, he was he was just a he was he's really good. He has a really good skill set, and Kamaru's never faced that. So yeah, it was it was intense for him. He didn't he wasn't paying attention. He had self doubt. That that's a cal that tells you the caliber of fighter that that Kobe Covington really is, and why he should have been promoting that rather than that other stuff. So here's here's the thing. All, all, all of what you guys said is 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 good and it's true. Um, the the thing that has always stuck in my craw with with someone like Kamara Usman is the fact that he says these things that are like, you know what, Kobe Covington is a great fighter and I fought him and he put doubt for the first time in my mind that I didn't know if I won the round or not, but I always knew I was going to finish him. Like, wait, no, no. No, you can't do. You can't be both. You can't be. I am the. I am the man, and I knew I was going to finish him, and then not know if you're going to win the rounds. Because if you knew you were going to finish him, then you wouldn't care who won the round because it doesn't matter. You're not going to the scorecard. If you're worried about whether or not you won that round or not, that suggests that you don't think this fight is going to is going your way. This suggests that you are not confident that you're going to win this fight. Like that is what irks me so much about Kamara Usman. Don't this this false bravado that you're trying to put out there is unnecessary. You're a great fighter. You have the belt. You're winning fights. You don't need to be like, oh yeah, I always knew I was going to win because if you did, you wouldn't have been asking your coaches if you won the round. Fair right. enough. We will move on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got a little animated about that one, man. I get. I just like. I I like Kamara Usman so much that when he does these things, it just frustrates me. It's like that whole thirty percent comment. <laughs> I was waiting uh, on you to say. You know, I got to bring up the thirty percent comment. Because because I swear I swear the UFC has this video and they've they've deleted it or they've 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 hidden it and and therefore I look like I'm I've lost my mind. But Megan Olivi caught Kamar Usman behind stage, backstage after that fight. And he said, you know, this was just me at 30%. Imagine me at 80%. And it's like, why not 100%? Why not 100%? <laughs> Wasn't he injured at the time? He was no, injured at the that. time. And that's why he was saying, this was me at 30%. And I still walked into the ring and I beat, you know, a formidable opponent. That's all great. But when you're talking about it, imagine me at 80%. Where's that other 20% going? Like, why would you bring, why would you not bring everything you got? You know? And so it just, it's those kind of comments where it's like, I, I just, I want him so badly not to make these types of mistakes. And so every single time it happens, I just 
ah, pull out my hair because it's like you don't have to you don't have to be this guy like it just frustrates me that every fighter we've gotten to this point in the sport where every fighter feels like they got to be that guy that is in that is that is you know awesome and is a superman and is 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 perfect in everything that they do you know you don't have to be that way kamaru uzman no you don't have to be that way uh henry cejudo like just be a great fighter you don't need to do all these antics. And I know that it sells. And I know that there's a pressure to stay in the UFC if you don't do that kind of stuff. But the best way that you could stay in the UFC is by beating folks down, like winning in, in spectacular fashion. That is the way to do it. Take those risks and go out on your shield because the UFC would rather you go out on your shield taking a big risk People like Diego Sanchez has stayed in there forever because he's gone out and he's turned these things into street fights and he's lost fight after fight after fight. BJ Penn had like an eight fight losing streak. Like you don't, there are other ways than, than doing this fake WWE type of bravado stuff. And I just don't like that look on you, Kamaru Usman. I don't like that look on Henry Cejudo. I respected that dude until he came out with the Triple C and started trying to do the Colby Covington thing. I know. I digress. I'm, 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 pull me back, somebody, please. No, no, no. Go ahead and feel your feelings. If you got hate in your heart, let it out. So, I'm just, we can do better. We can do better. I expect those guys to do better. Once you get that gold belt around your waist, do better. Anyway, people who need to learn like to a, do better. That sounds like a heavy bag, Mama. You should have. I know. I should have hit the button. Bag. I should have hit the heavy bag button. I got it. I got the, the heavy bag button. I should have just done it. I, I took three oh, minutes. Man. I sound like you, I, John. I, look at me. I Hold on, man. Good. Hold on. Uh -uh, I'm like, not that angry. Okay, you <laughs> got feelings. Let me, let me hear. Let me hear. <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, you know, it was interesting last week. I think it's overdone now. And that is the Stephen A. Smith, Joe Rogan back and forth. Okay. They're still going back and forth. I'm done with it. Like, come on, man. Like, what else is there to say? I, I, I th there have been some really well-written articles about, um, about why Stephen A. Smith and his bombastic style doesn't work for MMA, and I, and I think I think that there's some truth to that. Um, there is a level of respect that we have for our fighters, and even our, even us. Like, if you go back to the uh, UFC 246 live broadcast, you go back to the the recap show right the day, you know, the the Monday after. You know, we said some things that Stephen A. Smith said. Um, Cowboy gave up that the Cowboy quit, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we, you know, we have to be responsible for the things that we said. But I feel like there is a nuance there that, and 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 guys, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. There's a nuance there that Stephen A. Smith doesn't have that we have. And I was trying to explain this to to our friend uh, Dan at work. And shout out to Dan if you're listening. Um, and and what it is is that we know Cowboy Cerrone. We followed his career. We've seen him, you know, you know, fight many 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 times and there's things that we know about cowboy cerrone one thing that we do know is that he is not a quitter so when we say he gave up or when we say he quit we are not calling him a quitter what we are saying is that 
this is one of those fights where he had adversity so early that he started thinking to himself like, crap, this is not the way I wanted this fight to go. This is not the way I imagined this fight to go. I am losing this fight. And when you get that self-talk going on in your head, it's easy to get distracted. And he takes this head kick, and now it's like I'm rocked. Everything's slowing down. My nose may be broken. My eye may be broken. I can't continue. There are fighters who have still looked to grab a single leg. There are fighters who have looked to roll and try to wrestle, even though they have been seriously damaged. What Cowboy did was Cowboy said, ah, you got me. And he covered up. The ref stopped the fight so he didn't have to tap out. And so what we're saying is that Cowboy stopped fighting. It wasn't that he quit. It was that he stopped fighting and covered up. Do, do you guys understand or, or am I communicating this nuance that Stephen A. Smith, who called his uh, Cowboys performance disgusting and, and, and all of these types of things, do, do you see the nuance that, but between the two? I, I do agree with you about the nuance and certain people being able to talk about things and people understand their point in a different way than you would from someone such as Stephen Smith. It, it's hard to believe that the casual fan would take Ryan Smith, I mean, Stephen Smith, Dang. seriously when it comes to fighting. You know, at this point, I don't even see why we, we're continuing to, to have this type of conversation about Stephen, other than the fact that the media is is bringing it up and he's a member of the media. That's the only reason I think it's been propelled into the spotlight this long. If Stephen A. a. Smith was not an ESPN sports network broadcaster, we would not be having this conversation. If someone else had said that on the same show who was not, you know, a big name like Stephen Smith, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The casual fan would know, well, he doesn't really know fighting, so why am I paying attention to what he's saying? Anyway? But see, that's an assumption, though, okay? Because um, I do believe, and I think I've expressed this opinion before, that Stephen A. Smith represents the casual light fan, the fan that's even even more casual than the casual fan. That's that fan that only knows about, you know, that only knew about, that went to saw UFC because of Conor McGregor, okay? Or maybe they'll go see the next UFC because of John Jones. He represents that. And instead of taking this and making it, you know, instead of Joe Rogan, I blame Joe Rogan on this one a little bit, for not taking this and making it into a teachable situation, say, hey, man, this is the reason why. Okay, that we say that we that we do this, all right, or that we believe this. He double he, he just piled on him, okay. And I'm like, that could have been done a lot better, all right. Yes, Stephen A. Smith, I do not like the man, okay. I, when you say I, he piled on him, what do you mean? As far um, as he, he, he went to insult the man, he went on to insult the man and everything about him, which once on, again on, on the on the Rogan podcast, you mean? Yes, on the Rogan podcast, and once again, he was insulting him. I think he was. I think that. I mean, and you know, just, just, just. I remember him saying, "This man does not need to be talking about fighting. He's throwing blank punches." I mean, and I'm glad you brought that up because there's a reason. Because Stephen A. Smith, uh, within the last 24, 48 hours, had explained what possibly what could have been going on. He said, <laughs> "Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on." Well, before you go into it, there is a video that of Stephen A. Smith training 
with some boxing gloves and this guy holding mitts and uh, I, yeah we should i should have queued that up um but there's a video of stephen a smith training and this guy holding mitts and um these punches that 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 Stephen A. Smith is throwing are just some of the most atrocious atrocious shots I've ever seen. Like my my seven year old son Mitchell can throw better punches than Stephen A. Smith. And so for the MMA community, it's completely laughable. I mean, even people who don't fight are laughing at Stephen A. Smith. So this video exists. While you guys talk, I'll see if I can't cue it up and play it. Okay. Okay. So you now, want to explain what the video is? Yeah, okay, yeah, pretty much just a video of him uh, throwing pads. Okay, he's just he's just he's punching, he's doing punching drills into a pad. It's an uppercut. It's a I believe it's a right uppercut and a left lower punch to the crotchety area, and <laughs> and it's not good. It's not good by any PG. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's it's horrible. But he explained that. He was be, he he had he had an injured he had a damaged rotator cuff. Do you see he, my skeptical hippo lips? All right, get it right. Don't forget to point at him. All right, don't forget to do the point. And he said that he was going to he was three days away from having a shoulder surgery because he had a torn rotator cuff and uh-huh. he had uh-huh. scar tissue on him and he wanted to throw. And, and he so asked he, he asked his trainer, you know, was it okay to throw? The trainer was like, no. And he said, well, I do, I, you know, we're, I'm getting ready to have surgery anyway. They're going to clean this all up. Let's go ahead and throw. He states that he was not aware that it was being videotaped. And that, yeah, yeah, please, please cue, cue in my X-Files music, please. And he's, he's, he says that it was, he wasn't aware of, be, of it being videotaped. And when it got out, he was just like, you know, he said that he would never work with that trainer again. But he did say, <clears throat> excuse me, because he, he, it's been seven months since that video was produced, that in three months he's going to show people how he's really going, how he really throws. Because apparently he says he's got seven and eight combos for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he purchased them at KFC. <laughs> but I'm saying that. Okay, but I digress. The whole point is, though, is that he, I do believe that he represents those people that are truly don't understand the culture of MMA. Okay. And okay, I think I got it queued up here. Let, let, let me see. For those people who are uh, watching, um, I'm going to see if I can if I got it queued up. No, I, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Nope, I don't. Continue talking, guys. Well, we'll post it up after the show. How yep. About that? Yeah, uh, that we'll do that. We'll do that. So, with that said, he he represented the he represents, like I said, a casual light. And instead of Joe Rogan sitting there and clowning on him, he should have explained it a little bit better. This is part of the culture, all right. This is reason why that he did this. But no, they 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 went on to, to go ahead and clown him, which I understand why one would, but I just don't think this was the time to do it. He could he could have elevated MMA just a little bit higher by sitting there and instead of you know instead of doing what he did and say look and educate Stephen A. Smith to the situation because remember Stephen A. Smith don't know MMA like we do he don't know MMA like we do the three of us mm-hmm. I think between the three of us we have more MMA knowledge 
than Stephen A. Smith would. He, he only wishes he had. Okay, so that's my opinion on it. All right, so hey, I want to talk. I want to get. I want to get to you know. Yesterday was the Super Bowl. It was. And uh, I just go Chiefs. Uh, I, it was a great game. Come from behind victory, all that kind of stuff. I know this is an MMA podcast. You know, you're thinking, Ryan, what does this have to do with anything MMA? Well, the leading up, the week leading up to the Super Bowl, there was a uh, incident that happened at Radio Row between two fighters, Kamaru Usman, who we talked about ex- extensively tonight, um, and the baddest MF champion, if you want to call it that. Uh, Jorge Masvidal. They, um, they, they, they got into a yelling match, a very public yelling match uh, with each other in, uh, in Radio Row at the Super Bowl. And so it's big news here in the MMA world. And so um, I want to get your guys' take on it. I mean, it, basically, there's lots of rumors flying around, but the one that I think is probably most likely is Jim Rome was talking to Jorge Masvidal, asking him questions about whether or not uh, what he would say to Kamaru Usman if he saw him. And uh, basically, it was, I would say this and that. It was like, okay, well, what happens if you run into him? He's like, well, then I'd probably just say it. Well, sure enough, as he's walking through Radio Road, there's Kamaru Usman. So what you going to do? You're going to say what you said you were going to say on the radio. That's that's the way Jorge Masvidal rolls. But it's it's interesting that... This incident between two fighters who have been going at each other on Twitter in a very public arena with all these eyes at the Super Bowl that you would have people run into each other. And this is a this is something that John found. And I don't want to steal your thunder, John. Um, But but for me, I saw this whole thing and I'm like, oh, this is fake. This is straight up WWE stuff. So, you know, I got I got on the run sheet. I calling it Fugazi. It's fake. That is not real at all. Fugazi? Really? It's Fugazi. Fugazi. <laughs> it's fake. And like yeah. it, the, the, it, it was fake. So, what do you guys think? Do you this this whole thing where they're yelling at each other and it's all caught on camera? This is not even how Jorge Masvidal rolls. He always puts his arms behind his back and just says a few things and then walks off. Unless your name is Leon Edwards, but um, but this is yelling at each other and pointing at each other in a public place like this. That's not how Miami Dade County rolls. I'm just saying this fake. I was a little disappointed because Jorge talked mad noise about what he was going to do when he saw tomorrow. Uh, and 20 minutes later. They're both in the same spot, and it was nothing like what he had just said on the radio show. But uh, Jorge uh-huh. did try to clean it up, and he says that when he saw Kamaru, Kamaru had a cast on his hand, so therefore he felt like you know he couldn't go out and do the things he wanted. He said he wanted to walk up and, and like pimp slap him, amongst other things as well. But Jorge said when he saw the cast on his arm, he's like, no, nah, you know, this is not the place to do this. This is not the time to do this. This man. You know, I want him to recover. I want this fight. I'm not going to go and do something now that could possibly injure him and jeopardize of my fight or his career. So, two things came away from that. Okay, one, um, seeing how Jorge Masvidal carries himself, seeing how how Kamar Usman carries himself, I do believe those two fighters were legitimate about how they felt about each other. However, 
you know, with 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 press being there, with the cameras being there, and everything like that. I don't think those two were aware of each other being around, but I'm pretty sure that their agents knew what was going on. And I think it was more like, let's get Jorge's peanut butter to Kamaro's chocolate, and just let's see what happens. Wait, hold on. How are you going to go peanut butter and chocolate? You going to Reese's, and then I going to go peanut butter and jelly? But Reese's is delicious. I like the Reese's better. If it's yeah. better, yeah. Don't you remember the old commercial? The old Reese's commercial? You got your chocolate and my peanut butter. And they ate it. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah okay. So um, That must have been in the 70s. I wasn't around I, I'm then. Not, I, I'm not even going to dignify that. Anyway, <laughs> we'll just show the video, people. Don't worry. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the agents had a lot to do with that one before. And, and you know, because you get two two guys like that, and it, neither one is going to back down. Okay? Neither one's going to back down unless the other one backs down first. Like you said, remember, Jorge said, oh, you're walking away now. Okay, I'm going to walk away. But he wasn't going to walk away if Kamara wasn't going to walk away. So I think I think the agents have a lot to do with that one. Well, yeah, I, I either way, I, I think it's fake. Leon Edwards, he he was commenting. He said it was fake. I, I'm 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 in that boat. It's, it's just one of those things where oh. Jorge Masvidal said, "I am not going to pimp slap you, Kamara Usman, because you have a cast on." Okay, so what we're saying is, is that if you didn't have a cast on, I would walk up and assault you in this very public place at the Super Bowl. Really? Really? That's I'm what you? Sure he would have. Yeah, no, he wouldn't have. No, he wouldn't have. Uh, he already proved that he would, he would give somebody a three-piece and a soda for their troubles in a public place. Okay. We know Jorge will do this. He's done it before. All right. So, and the second thing, and the second takeaway we got out of this, wish granted, they got a fight at International Fight Week. Well, it's, it's not signed right. yet. It's not signed yet. It's all but done. Okay, Dana said this. Okay, Uncle Dana said this. So. If Uncle David said this, it's going to happen. All right. Last thing I want to hit on before before we get into into the the fight card, the World Lethway Championship is about to make its U.S. debut later this year. Talks ongoing with familiar names in MMA. Uh, the WLC is a leading Lethway organization in the world, and they're looking to broaden their audience over the coming year. So Lethway, you know, George, you want to talk about what Lethway is? So Leftway is very similar in some regards to Muay Thai in that you've got um, eight limbs you can use, but in Leftway you have an additional limb, the head. You could actually throw headbutts. And practitioners of Leftway, you often find them practicing headbutts on pad work and on bags as well. This is one of the most brutalizing sports I've ever seen. Um, it, it has its ties to Muay Thai, but it is totally different than Muay Thai. And typically the, practitioner, the practitioners of Leftway very hard and rugged men. Uh, one of the other things I noticed about Lethway is they don't actually use gloves. Um, very often they're using cart choke. They might be using rope or something, something else. Uh, and again, making it just that much more brutal. Um, and it's a very hard sport to break into. Um, pretty much, there, there, there's only a few places in the world that have Lethway fights. Canada is one. Now, apparently, the U.S. And then I think the uh, original place of our birthplace of uh, left way, me, I think it's pronounced Myanmar. 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 
might be a few other places, but for the most part, that, that's what they're they're restricted to in terms of left wing fights. Wow. So what I like about it, I, I don't know that I can handle it. I mean, you know, guys already know what I feel like about uh, the bare knuckle fighting. Um, you know, going and adding headbutts, bare knuckle, and Muay Thai type of techniques just isn't something that I, I don't know that I have the stomach for. But, but what I do like is the tradition. The traditions. Um, there is one that's basically a call to arm. It's a it's a taunt, but it's also kind of a you know it can be used as a sign of respect. And basically, what they do is they put their the left arm goes under underneath. And then you cup your hand, and then you you smack you smack your the, the chicken wing elbow that, that in the place. You do it three times. That's basically saying bring it on. I like that. Like I'm gonna start using that when I see John tomorrow. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be smacking that arm. I'm gonna be like bring it on, John. You know, you see he's already shaking his head. I'd do the same thing to KC, but he's in Denver. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've I've, I've heard of Letway. Um, from a long time ago, back when I was a teenager. And, you know, and it was always described as a more extreme version of Muay Thai. And that's pretty much what I got out of it. Um, now, and in the past, what, six months to a year, I've actually started seeing bouts on, you know, on my video feed. It's brutal, but it teaches technical. It's, it's a lot more technical than a lot of people think. Don't just think it's just going to be some sort of bloodbath. No, it's actually... It's pretty good, and there's a fighter that you can follow, uh, Dave LaDuke, who is uh, who's considered a legend of Letway. Follow him, um, and it's you'll see some pretty devastating fights. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. A few things. Kenny Florian almost killed in a car accident, saved by his driver, whose name was Paul Walker. Fast and the hit Furious. That, hit, hit that music, dog. Okay, just hit the music. Okay. <laughs> right. There it is. That's right. Almost killed, saved by the guardian angel Paul Walker. Craziness. And uh, Paul Walker was in London when they were doing Fast and the Furious. Uh, what the last one? Was it the last one? Where the, where whichever one. Yeah. The one that passed away and what that the last one he did, they actually were doing filming in London. So there you go. He went back home and he's chilling there. All right. Uh and then the last one, Chell Sonnen, he, there's a there's a tweet uh yeah. of him on Ariel and the Bad Guy where he's talking about uh, fighting an, a visibly injured opponent, and I thought it was a really interesting way that he put it. I mean, Chael Sonnen's very great, very good on the mic, um, but he he basically reframed sweeping the leg to something else. Basically, what he said was that if you have an opponent who is visibly injured, it is your responsibility to encourage the uh, the injured fighter to stop the fight and to get the ref to stop the fight or get the corner to stop the fight. So there's no unwritten rule about not attacking an injured limb, a visibly injured limb of, of your opponent, because what you want them to do is to say, I am too injured to continue. And the only way you can do that is by sweeping the leg. So Roxanne, Roxanne, I mean, I respect you for getting the, getting it done without having to sweep the leg, but you could have got it done with the finish. By sweeping the leg. I think she did the right thing. Roxanne, you did the right thing. You continue to do the right thing. I said she, she did the right to... thing. I'm just yeah, saying she, she could have done the right thing faster. That's all. 
No, no, you want to do Cobra Kai. All right, no mercy whatsoever. He has no mercy in situations like this, but bring up the coronavirus. All of a sudden, he, he grows a conscience. Oh, Ben, yeah. Five bare knuckle boxing. the leg. Yeah, yeah. Bite, bare knuckle bare, boxing. Oh, that's a little violent. too violent. You know, I don't like either one of you guys. I don't like either one of you guys. All right. So there's one thing left to do, and that's to talk about the fight that's coming up this weekend. UFC 247. This is the fight call. This is the fight card. This is where we look at the fights that are coming up this weekend, and that is UFC 247 Jones versus Reyes, Saturday, February 8th, 2020, in the Toyota Center in our backyard of Houston, Texas. There are five fights on the card. Ilir Latifi fighting hometown hero Derek Lewis. He's based out of out of Houston, Texas, the Black Beast. You got Mirsad Bek Bektik versus Dan Eing. You've got Juan Adams versus Justin Taffa. And then in the co-main event, you've got the UFC flyweight champion, Valentina Shevchenko versus Caitlin Kukagian. And you've also got the UFC light heavyweight champion, John Bones Jones versus Dominic Reyes. There are three fights I want to talk about on this card. The first one being Ilir Latifi making his 205-pound debut against the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Hope he weathers the storm. That's all I got to say. Post two hundred five plus debut. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He, I'm sorry. He's making his, his heavyweight debut because he was at two hundred five. Now he's he's going up to two sixty five uh, to fight Derek Lewis. Like this is a big jump, and this is the thing that I, that, that bothers me about this fight because I've I really like Ilir Latifi, um, but. This is a guy who's at smaller statue, 5'10", fighting at 205. He's an outstanding wrestler. Daniel Cormier said he's one of the strongest guys he's ever fought. But he's moving up now to the to the monsters of the midway, the Derek lewis size kind of guys who's cutting down to 265 pounds. This is not a fight that Elio Latifi really wants, not because he doesn't have the skill set, but because these guys are boulders and it's too big to move. And so I think that Elio Latifi is going to run into a big, Derek Lewis. He's going to find out that he's 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 not going to be able to strike with Derek Lewis, and he's going to end up needing to take this fight to the ground. But he's not going to be able to keep Derek Lewis to the ground. I think Derek Lewis gets this fight done in one round. First round TKO. Derek Lewis for the win. Who wants who wants to dispute that? I'll take it. I, I you know I as much as I think that Derek Lewis will take it. Elir Latifi better be smart and take him to the ground quick. All right, take him to the ground quick and own him. Because if not, it's just like Ryan says. I'm not even giving it three minutes if he tries to go toe-to-toe with him. All right. Take him to the ground, Latifi. Okay. Um, George, you got anything on this fight? I'm pulling for Derek Lewis. Uh, I see it more like um, end of the third round, Lewis knocks him out. Okay. All right. The uh, last few seconds of the round. Last few seconds. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, we know it's known. He went to the end of the fight and then, think. All right. Co-main event. Valentina Shevchenko versus Caitlin Kukagian. Shevchenko ought to be called the soul sucker, man. He just <laughs> pulls the life out of these girls she's fighting, man, and, and just comes in and 
she's like JJ on steroids. But I know she's not on steroids. But you get what I'm saying? Just <laughs> the, the, don't mean to start no rumors, uh, Valentina. Yeah, yeah. Hey, find, me, find me on Hinge, though. Uh, anyway. Oh, dang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you say she got that Shang Tsung power. Dude, Jeff Chanko is a bad, bad girl, man. Like, th- this is one of the elite strikers in the UFC. Not in the women's division, in the UFC. And she needs to be recognized for that, man. This woman is one day going to be in, in the UFC's Hall of Fame for some of the things she's done and, and going to continue to do. And she's got a sister that's also, if I'm not mistaken, fighting. I think the sister's on Bellator right now. No, no. So her sister her sister fights in the UFC as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Striking runs in it in this girl's family, man. Um, I don't see this going Caitlin's weight at all. I think um, she gets walked through in two rounds. I agree. Um, isn't Valentina a redhead anyway? No, she's she's blonde, but she her, she dyed her hair red for a movie. Ah, ah, okay, that's what it was. That's right. Um, yeah, I I, I see this is gonna be is the the belt's not gonna move. Um, she's gonna take it. I see her dominating Chukukuku. The other the Chuk again. Uh, yeah, bless you. Yes, that one. Um, and um, uh, I I see her just dominating in total fashion. Um, nothing. There's nothing that I've seen out of Caitlyn that has that has impressed me enough to say this might be a threat. If so, she does, I'll be happily surprised. So the the thing that I like to look at is when they have fights in common. So who have they fought? That who have they both fought, and what were the outcomes? And when you look at Caitlyn, uh, MMA math again. Oh yeah, fuzzy. Uh, it's fuzzy, but this is what I like to look at. <laughs> Maybe this is why you know. For those of you who are listening to my picks, remember, listen to who I pick, pick the opposite. Um, In my Nate Diaz voice. Oh, you're a wrestler now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, MMA math now. Both of them have fought fought Jessica I. And so, Caitlin Kujian, she lost to unanimous decision to Jessica I. Um, Valentina Shevchenko, Head kick destruction, Jessica I. It's a highlight film. Anytime they say Valentina Shevchenko, they're showing the video of her head kicking Jessica I and and and, and knocking her out. So there, when you have a common opponent, what you see is this outcome is so different. So I see Valentina Shevchenko. I don't see her losing for you know for 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 some time. And I, I think this fight is just going to be another notch in the bedpost, if you will. Um, and and Shevchenko walks away with the TKO in the third round. And then finally, the main event. We guys, we've heard what you guys think about Dominic Reyes versus John Jones. So let's just go ahead and make that pick. What you got, John Keys? With extreme prejudice, I will choose John Bones Jones. Bye. Um, God, that's a good one. How uh, usually when somebody talks a lot of smack about him, he usually goes for a submission. So we'll we'll go with the choke, and probably third round, or he. No, I take it back. He'll drag him to the championship round. Look for him to do it in the fourth round, just to show him. All right. I I see a similar situation. Based upon the the John saying that Dominic is delusional and things like this, I think he's going to try try to drag him into deep waters and punish him for quite a while. 
We're going to see a long, drawn-out fight, but I think it's going to be lopsided one way or fair the entire fight. John Jones, um, fifth round finish. I'd probably say I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think he's going to submit him. Okay, I, I agree with you, uh, George. I think it's going to go the, the whole time. I think John Jones will just be playing with him, but I think that Dominic Cruz will prove resilient enough not to get finished. So I think this is going to be John Bones Jones by a lopsided, unanimous decision. Dominic Reyes, sir. Oh, sorry. What is up with me, man? Like, I am just all over. Dominic Reyes by... He's we gonna need to get you some some ginkgo biloba or uh, something, something like, like I'm gonna have to you start know? drinking drinking some caffeine or something. But uh, no, let's not talk about caffeine. Uh, Dominic Reyes, I th I think that I think that Reyes is gonna lose, but I think it'll be by unanimous decision. So I got John Bo Jones by unanimous decision, a lopsided victory over Dominic Reyes, not Dominic Cruz. Even though, just for the record, I think Dominic Cruz would beat Dominic. I, mean, I think John Bones Jones would beat Dominic Cruz. Too. I can I can let you know what what coffee I drank on Friday if you if you really need it, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So that's it for our show. Uh follow us on social media on, on Instagram. I am at Combat Sports Talk. I am at uh Keys to Victory and that's K-E-Y-E-S to Victory. I am at Geo Stalwork and that's G-E-O Stalwork. On Instagram. All right. You can go to our website at www.combatsportstalk.com where you can, and we are on all of your podcasting platforms. We're also on YouTube. We're everywhere you want to be. We're like Visa. Um, definitely, definitely want to send some shout outs to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, and Bloody Elbow because they are the sites where we find our material to talk about. And on behalf of John Keys and George G Money Stallworth, this is Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. We'll catch you next time.